couple more numbers, then stopped and looked up again. Tell your mum and dad I'm sorry I couldn't get in for my fish and chips yesterday, but Gail had to get her feet done and I had Sean and Alex, so we had baked beans. How are your mum's feet? Fine, thanks, said Keith, sighing. The trouble with North Queensland, said Mrs Newman, is that your feet swell up. The trouble with North Queensland, thought Keith, is that everyone's too friendly. He glanced at his watch. Two hours and thirty-nine minutes left. No need to panic, he thought. I'll be okay as long as there's not a queue in the hardware store. Keith stood in the queue in the hardware store and started to panic. Two hours and thirty-two minutes left. He was running out of time. Relax, he told himself. It's only a short queue, just Gary Murdoch and his dad. They can't need that much hardware because they only moved into their new house three weeks ago. Tap washers, said Mr Murdoch to the assistant. You wouldn't credit it. Brand new place, all the taps are dripping. Keith's heart sank. Gary had been boasting all week in class about how his new house had 27 taps. This could take ages. How many? asked the assistant. Mr Murdoch started counting in his head. 27, said Keith. Gary and Mr Murdoch both turned round. G'day, Keith, said Gary. Dad, this is Keith Shipley, the kid I was telling you about. G'day, said Mr Murdoch, looking down at Keith with a grin. You're the bloke dragged his parents out here from Pomeland to cheer them up, right? I didn't drag them, said Keith. They agreed to come. Only after you burnt half the street down, but, eh, said Gary. It was just one fish and chip shop, and it was an accident, said Keith, hoping the dripping tap in Gary Murdoch's ensuite bathroom flooded his bedroom and made his walkman go rusty. Has it worked? asked Mr Murdoch. Have they cheered up? Actually, said Keith, if you don't mind, I'm in a bit of a hurry. There, said the assistant, scooping a pile of washers into a bag. Twenty-seven. Mr Murdoch ignored him. He looked hard at Keith. Bowls, he said. Get them to join the Bowls Club. That'll cheer them up. And if they're having a house built, tell them to watch the taps. The trouble with tropical paradises, thought Keith, glancing at his watch, is that everyone's too helpful. Keith sprinted out of the hardware store, paint cans thumping together in his school bag. The clock on the war memorial across the street said eight minutes past eleven. Keith stared. Then he remembered it had been wrong ever since a coconut had hit it in the cyclone. He looked at his watch. Nineteen minutes to four. Two hours and twenty-four minutes left. He should just make it. As long as Mum and Dad didn't see him. Keith decided he'd better not risk going too close to the shop. So he ran across the road, through the fringe of palm trees and onto the beach. He ran along the soft sand, trying to look like a tourist out for a jog with a couple of tins of paint in a school bag. He glanced through the palm trees at the shop. Mum and Dad were both behind the counter, but neither of them was looking in his direction. They were looking at each other. Dad was saying something to Mum, pointing at her with a piece of fish, and Mum was saying something back, waving the chip scoop at him. Even at that distance, Keith could see that Dad's mouth was droopier than a palm frond, and that Mum's forehead had more furrows in it than wet sand when the sea was a bit choppy. Keith's stomach knotted even tighter. Another argument. Poor things. Stuck in a fish and chip shop all day in this heat. 
Anyone would get a bit irritable standing over a fryer all day with this poxy sun pounding down non-stop. The trouble with tropical paradises, thought Keith as he ran along the beach, is that there's too much good weather. He went back up to the road and crossed it at the spot where the bus from the airport had dropped them four months earlier. He remembered Mum and Dad's faces, aglow with huge smiles as they saw Orchid Cove for the first time. All they need is a bit of cheering up again, thought Keith as he sprinted towards the house, which is exactly what they'll get when they arrive home in two hours and twenty-one minutes. Chapter 2 Keith looked at his watch. Forty-seven minutes left and he'd almost finished. Not bad going, he thought, considering it's the first time I've ever painted a car. He crouched down to do a bit he'd missed at the bottom of a wheel arch, and noticed that one of the back tyres was a bit flat. Stands to reason, he thought, sitting out here in front of the house for weeks without being driven. While he did around the number plate, he tried to remember the last Sunday they'd gone for a drive. Was it the time they went down to Mission Beach and Dad dropped his ice cream and they all had a good laugh and then Mum got a migraine? Or was it the day they went to the crocodile farm and Mum insisted on having lunch in the cafe there and Dad spent two hours in the public dunny with the trots? Keith couldn't remember. Anyway, he thought, as he finished off the exhaust pipe, it was before Mum took up Sunday bushwalking and Dad took up Sunday crosswords, which hadn't fooled Keith for a moment. He knew exactly why Mum and Dad didn't want to go out for Sunday drives anymore. They were embarrassed. Embarrassed to be seen driving around in an off-white 1979 Toyota Corolla with rust spots, when Gary Murdoch's dad had a bright red 1990 Mercedes with speed stripes and chrome wheels. Well, you won't have to be embarrassed anymore, thought Keith. He put a second coat on the dent Mum had made in the passenger door the day she flung it open and hit a steel girder. Keith shuddered as he remembered that day. They'd been parked in the drive-in bottle department. Mum and Dad had been arguing about which beer to buy. The trouble with tropical paradises, thought Keith, as he put a third coat on the dent, is that there are too many brands of beer. Jeez! Keith turned at the sound of the familiar voice. Tracy stood there looking at the car. It's a bit bright, but, she said. That's a good one, thought Keith, coming from a girl with a luminous orange and purple skateboard and pink patches on her face where the brown was peeling off. It's a wedding anniversary present for my mum and dad, he said. Hope you got them sunglasses as well, said Tracy. A twinge of panic hit Keith under the ribs. Perhaps it was a bit bright. The tropical mango gloss he'd painted the shop in England with had been a bit bright and they hadn't liked that at first. Relax, he told himself. This is different. Mum and Dad were misery guts then. Now they're cheerful, adventurous globetrotters who are just feeling the heat a bit. Don't be a worrywart. The panic went as he remembered how Dad had stared enviously the first time Mr. Murdoch had driven past in his bright red Mercedes. Do they know about it? asked Tracy. It's a surprise, he said. It'll be a surprise, all right, said Tracy, when they find they've got the only green car with yellow stripes in the whole of far north Queensland. It's not green and yellow, said Keith. It's tropical parrot and hot sunflower. And they're speed stripes. Gary Murdoch's dad will chuck his guts with envy when he sees that, said Tracy, grinning at him. Keith grinned back. Good old Tracy. You could trust a mate to say the right thing. What made you choose green and yellow? asked Tracy. 
I wanted it to be Mum and Dad's favourite colours, said Keith, so I checked out their wardrobe. Mum's got three separate things that are green and yellow stripes, and Dad's got a yellow shirt and green socks. Geez, you're a clever bugger, said Tracy. Keith glowed. When some kids said that, they were sending you up, but when Tracy said it, you knew she meant it. Is this why you nicked off after school without hanging around for softball, she asked. Sorry, said Keith. I was on a tight deadline. I only had the idea in art. Had to make sure I got it finished before Mum and Dad got home from the shop. They don't get home for another 40 minutes, said Tracy. 39, said Keith. 38 if they walk fast. Jeez, you're a worrywart, said Tracy, grinning at him again. He asked her whether she thought he should do the bumper bars to disguise the dent where Dad had backed into a concrete post in the Cairns car park the day Mum had bought her green and yellow striped swimmers. Tracy said she reckoned he should leave them, in case his mum bought some more expensive clothes and his dad backed into something else, which would only chip the paint. Keith agreed. Gotta go now, said Tracy. Gotta help clean out the chooks. See you down the beach later? Maybe, said Keith. He didn't want to be more definite because there was always the chance that when mum and dad saw the paint job, they'd want Keith to leap straight into the car with them and drive up to Port Douglas and have a pizza in the outdoor restaurant under the fairy lights, where they'd all clink their glasses together, or their metal containers if they were having milkshakes, and toast their happiness together forever and ever. One minute to go. Keith did a final check. Camera, anniversary card, ribbon. He hoped Mum and Dad wouldn't mind about the ribbon. He hadn't been able to find one long enough to go round a car. The clothesline looked okay anyway, even if the bow was a bit floppy. The anniversary card looked great, standing on the bonnet. Now it was painted, you couldn't see it was made from bits of Chico roll boxes. The hot sunflower, happy wedding anniversary, stood out really well against the tropical parrot. He checked round the car for drips.